0: Good morning, I'd uh, like to begin today by asking you to think about visitors to your home, your house or your flat. Now I realise this may seem just a little strange uh, given that we've just entered a uh, four-week lockdown and I feel I should apologise to those of us who are already after just a few days uh, really beginning to find it hard uh, not to be able to, to meet up with one another but but please bear with me uh, for a moment. So let's think about visitors uh, to our homes. Is there someone, or maybe there's more than one person, who really seems to make themselves feel at home uh, when uh, they visit you, when they drop in on you? You know, it's perhaps the sort of person who goes into your kitchen, makes themselves a cup of tea, and if it's your lucky day, uh, perhaps they make you one uh, as well, or perhaps they take out your favourite toy and start playing uh, with it or keep their shoes off and, uh, and, and put their feet up uh, on your sofa. They just treat your home as if it's their home. And of course, there's another way of looking at this. How welcome do you make someone feel or try to make them feel when they come to visit you? Uh, Do you encourage them to feel at home in your home? Now, if you've been with us uh, for the last uh, few Sunday mornings in our Sunday morning gatherings, uh, you'll know that we're in the middle uh, of a series in which we're looking at our core values, our core values as Portsmouth Church, uh, the things that in some way define the essence of what, or rather of who we are uh, as a community of people who that seek to follow Jesus uh, and after this talk about making people feel at home in our homes uh, you may think that we're going to be looking at hospitality uh, but in fact the core value that we're looking at today is the word of god the bible uh, and the way in which it shapes the people that we are it shapes our lives or perhaps it shapes the people Uh, That we are becoming the way in which it helps us to see who God is, what He's like, and what He desires for us. So, let's take a look at the Bible and read a few verses. It's from the book of Colossians, a letter written by the Apostle Paul uh, to a young church. The book of Colossians, uh, we're reading chapter three, and we'll start. From verse 12, and we read this. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body. And be thankful. We'll unpack this in a little more detail later on. But for now, I want to focus in on just one phrase, just one verse, verse 16, which says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And within that phrase, focus in even further on the word dwell, which literally means to be at home. So here's the idea. The writer Paul is strongly encouraging us to let God's word in some way be at home in our lives, to feel as though it belongs there, like that visitor who is just so comfortable in your home, wandering into any room. We are encouraged to find our place in the story, the big story. Of the Bible, of what God is doing in the world, in world history, in Southampton. And to achieve this, we need to be immersed in the Word of Christ, the Word of God. It needs to soak into every part of us, it needs to be a familiar friend. So that's the question Is the Word of God? at home in us, do we know our place in its story? And so we were thinking about this idea of being in a place where the word of Christ, the word of God is in some sense at home in our lives, where it feels natural for it to be. We'll return to that in a little while, but let's step back a bit and try and get something of a feel for the bigger picture here. The author of this book, this letter, Paul, has been explaining what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus and exhorting those he's writing to in the way in which they should live their lives and therefore for us the way in which we should live our lives. And he sums all of this up in those first few verses, uh, which we read earlier. He talks about clothing ourselves and it's like we've taken off the old stuff. We've taken off our old ragged clothes and we've put on new clothes or we are putting on new clothes, being tender hearted, being merciful, being kind, being humble, being gentle, being patient, making allowance for one another's faults and forgiving as God has forgiven us. And he says, above all this, we clothe ourselves with love. Love is the outer garment, as it were, that that wraps it all around and holds it all together and binds us together as the people of Christ. It binds us together in perfect harmony, says Paul. And he says, as members of one body. We are called to live in the peace of Christ, which should rule in our hearts. So, this is how he sums up that Christian life. And note that here Paul isn't talking about some sort of individualized spirituality or faith or way of life, but it's the body life of a Christian community, congregation, or fellowship. And he draws all of this to a climax. In verse 16, we read earlier, verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And there's a sense here in which Paul is describing what he sees as the body life, the life in the body of the Christian community. This is Paul's view of what it looks like to be in Christian fellowship and at the heart of it we are called to let the word of Christ be at home in us. So for Paul as it should be for us the centrality of the word is crucial. This is not just for leaders For pastors, for teachers, for our life group leaders, our house group leaders. It's for every one of us. It's for the entire body. We all need to be immersed in the word to the point in which it dwells in us richly in all wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom comes from abiding with Christ. And allowing his word to abide in us. And so it seems to me there are three questions we should ask ourselves. Firstly, what does it mean for the word to be at home in us? Secondly, what part do we need to play for this to come about? And thirdly, what does that then look like in our lives? So, firstly, what exactly is this word? Well, I think that it's at least threefold. There is the spoken word of God, the commandments and the laws given through Moses. There is the written word of the Bible, inspired by the Holy Spirit and revealing the character and the nature of God. And ultimately, there is the living Word, the Word become flesh, Jesus Christ in person, in whom, as Paul uh, writes earlier in this letter, all the fullness of the Deity dwells in bodily form. So the written Word, the Bible, encapsulates God's spoken Word, the law, the commandments, and the recorded words. Of Jesus, and it points to the living word, Jesus Himself. All this clearly encompasses the teaching about Jesus, the stories that we read in the Gospels. It encompasses the Gospel message itself, announcing what God has done in and through Christ. It could possibly even encompass the word which Christ speaks in the present by his spirit it encompasses all of these and more and paul says that this word is to dwell in us richly to dwell carries the idea of being at home as we thought about earlier and it is and and this word is to dwell richly generously abundantly extravagantly Without limits. We are to be fully immersed in it, in the full word of God from Genesis right through to Revelation, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Even the bits we're not sure we quite like or don't really understand. Tempting, as it so often is, to focus on the familiar and the comforting. If it is to dwell in us richly, we need all of it to go deep into us, revealing God in all his fullness, his love, his mercy, his faithfulness, his holiness, his majesty, his righteousness, his judgment. Arthur Williams, in his Greek commentary on this text, puts it like this. Let the word be well known by you. And let much of it be well known by you, so that as you need it, there may be an abundance of it at your disposal. To change the figure, he goes on to say, be at home in the gospel story and let it be at home in you so that it may always be ready for use. In other words, it needs to be a familiar friend. It needs to permeate our lives and our lives need to be shaped around it. I think that Paul is also suggesting here that the church is to be stocked with good teaching. Riches as a palace is filled with treasures. And our teaching is to be with all wisdom. The word concerns Christ, whom we learn elsewhere in the Bible, is wisdom personified. And will be characterised by wisdom in each one of us, as we are all called to teach and admonish. Now we encounter this word dwell. Again, Paul uses the same word In its form, dwelling in 2 Corinthians 6.16, where he writes, for we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Thus the word of Christ becomes a synonym of his living presence within us let the word of christ be at home in you and so the second question what part do we need to play for this to come about now familiarity requires time and it takes a bit of work we were thinking about this a few weeks ago when we looked at practices or disciplines that help shape or form our spiritual lives. We thought about the practice of Bible study, word food for life, and about meditation on the Bible, digesting the word of God. And it is possibly helpful to go back and revisit those two talks given by Lou and John. So we need to be building these things into our lives and encouraging one another in that as we do so. Now, it can be a little bit like that house guest that we thought about earlier, that person who comes and makes themselves at home in your home. Uh, As a family over the years, we've had a number of different people live with us Uh, for different periods of time Uh, sometimes it might only have just been for a couple of weeks Uh, sometimes it was for several uh, months and at first this can be rather difficult Uh, it's a bit awkward Uh, we're sort of getting to know each other we have different ways uh, of doing things Um, and that might cause a few clashes particularly in the kitchen or the bathroom Um, And sometimes there are cultural differences uh, that need to be navigated. But over time, we work through these things. We get to know one another better. We bear with one another. And sometimes we have to forgive uh, one another. Uh, And assuming things go well, they begin to feel at home with us, in our home. And we feel comfortable with them being in our home. And perhaps allowing the word of Christ to dwell in us richly is a little bit like that. It takes time and a little bit of effort. We work at it, but gradually come to that point where it settles in us, and we feel comfortable with it in our lives. But notice also that Paul is talking here of something that we do together as a community of Christ's people. He says, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom. This word of Christ should permeate each and every one of our conversations and our fellowship together, even if at the moment that's confined to Zoom Or the telephone when we come together let the word of christ permeate what we say and what we do and we do this richly generously abundantly extravagantly without limits we teach and we admonish one another presenting what we have learnt Sharing our insights, being with, holding responsible, challenging, supporting, questioning, guiding. And why do we do this? We do this so that the body, this community of God's people that we call Portswood Church, will be built up so that each and every one of us might be equipped for ministry, both within and outside the church. Perhaps we're comfortable with the idea of teaching, of sharing what we have learnt, of our understanding, however partial or incomplete that might be, uh, of sharing our insights into God uh, and his word. But we struggle a little bit more with the idea of admonishing one another. But sometimes we just need to help each other back on to the narrow path. As we would do with our children, we teach and we encourage them, but sometimes they need to be brought back in to the right way. And we do that with grace and with love because we are seeking to build one another up, teaching and admonishing. And so that takes us to the third question. Where does all this lead? What does it look like? Practically in our lives, what is the outworking of this? The verses we read earlier, or that one verse, verse 16, goes on to say, Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him now most translations most translators use this phrase thankfulness thankfulness in your hearts although the actual word that is translated here as thankfulness is the word in greek charis literally meaning grace that said i think it's a really Good translation for in fact the two meanings can't really be separated in 2 corinthians 4 15 paul writes for it is all for your sake so that as grace extends to more people it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of god grace and thanksgiving go together and it's to the glory of god Elsewhere, as he writes, Paul talks about the gifts of the spirit, charismata, which have the same root, same root word as grace and thanksgiving. So here we have this interesting uh, picture, uh, an insight into the life of the church. Within the community, the fellowship, Christ dwells richly because of grace charis our response is to be gracious to be thankful that same greek word charis and we express that in a celebration of joy with psalms with hymns with spiritual songs with singing we are a community of gifts charis marta Charisma, equipped by the spirit to minister to each other and to the world, to share Christ within and outside of the church. This means then that we are to be a charismatic people. We are filled with grace. We are equipped by grace and we celebrate. Through grace. And we are people in whom Christ dwells richly, and through whom Christ, through whom grace flows to the world. Everything about the church is to be spirit filled and spirit controlled, and our worship is to reflect the centrality of grace. And at the center of all this, at the foundation of all this, this comes about as we let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, as we let it make itself at home in our lives and found our life at home in it. May this be true for you, for me, for each one of us individually. And together, as this community in Portswood Church, as we seek to serve our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ.